Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, oven mitt, Molly's right-hand gal and co-host on the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. And at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. It's day two of Strawberry Week. And we've got a great episode for you all today. First up, everyone's favorite climate change-fighting butter knife, Kyle, is back for a tricky round of trivia. Then Chad's talking to a saucy chef in Ask a Grown-Up. And finally, Andrea is here to sharpen our kitchen skills in how-to time. Let's get right to it today, Molly. To the theme! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. So strawberries are liars? Mystery recipe. Hey, Molly. Do you know what today is? Day two of Strawberry Week? No, I, I mean, yes, but not what I meant. It's payday! Of course, how could I forget? And do you know what else today is? Kyle's last regular episode of season five? Yeah, Molly. I'm trying not to think about it. Think about what, Mitzi? Oh, you scared me. When did you get here? Oh, just now. I've been walking around the office trying to soak in as much as possible from my last day here. Well, it's not your last last day. We need your help in our grand finale cook-along next week, making our mystery recipe. That's right. I am so excited for that. Me too. Listeners, we've already released our special recipe reveal and shopping list bonus episode, so check it out if you missed it. In it, we reveal our mystery recipe for season five and give your grown-ups a list of everything you'll need to cook with us during next week's finale. It's going to be great, but this is my last regular episode. I know, and I have to say, Kyle, I'm feeling a little stressed. Stressed? Why are you feeling stressed, Mitzi? Well, I've been working really hard to help you support the climate. I even called my representatives this week and told them about all the bills I'd like them to support to help stop climate change. Amazing. Proud of you. Thanks, but uh, that only took about an hour. So uh, what do I do now? Well, it's payday, isn't it? It is my favorite day. Ah, buddy. Mine too. That's one way to help, though. Have you ever heard of the phrase, put your money where your mouth is? I have. I always thought that was about buying food, though. Well, it's not. It just means use the money you spend to support what you think and what you believe. In this case, that might mean spending money on products and with companies that are making a difference in the fight against climate change. I'm still a little confused. We talked about how governments, big companies, and corporations are the ones who can make the biggest impact in slowing or stopping climate change. Right. Agreed on all accounts here. Yeah, it makes sense to me, too. Well, big companies and corporations really like money. They do, huh? I gotta write that one down. Good to know. Yeah, not a very well-guarded secret there, Mitzi. 
One thing we can do to make big companies want to do better, use less plastic, and create less pollution or waste, is to give our money to companies who are already doing that. I'm not sure how this can help our listeners. Just a guess, but I'm assuming most of them are not receiving paychecks for anything yet. Which, listen listeners, by my account, that is a good thing. Once you're baking, Bunny, then you gotta buy groceries and pay taxes. Would much rather be like Oliver and not have to worry about all that. Well, I can think of some ways we can still help our listeners put their money where their mouth is. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this, Kyle. Do you? Yes. You think we should give all our listeners money. Uh, not what I had in mind. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna walk that one back, I guess. Sorry, listeners. Even if our listeners aren't the ones making money for their families, they can help do research. Listeners can help their grown-ups find out what restaurants, food brands, and toy companies are doing something about climate change. So their families can encourage those places to keep up the good work by spending their money there. It's all about doing a little bit of research. Oh, I love this idea. Oh, I know. While we move on to our first segment, I'll go do some research on my own about ways I can use my paycheck to support climate change. Not to support climate change, though. All right, 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 right. To support companies fighting climate change. Exactly. That sounds like a great idea, Mitzi. Well, Kyle, while Mitzi goes to do some research, are you ready for our final round of tricky trivia? I am ready. A little sad, but ready. Well, let's make it a good one, Kyle. All right, here's your first question. True or false? A strawberry is a fruit. So, Kyle... Is that true or false? Is a strawberry a fruit? Huh. I don't even know where to begin on this one. On one hand, I have always considered a strawberry to be a fruit. It's sweet and tasty and comes from a plant. But on the other hand, this is tricky trivia. This question seems a little too simple. So maybe you are trying to trick me. But I could follow that logic one step further and assume you would know that I knew that you might be trying to trick me. And so maybe you were trying to trick me into thinking you were trying to trick me. Or were you trying to trick me into thinking you were trying to trick me into thinking you were trying to trick me? I wasn't. Or no, I was? I'm confused. I am too. Okay, I think I am going to say true? That's correct, Kyle. Really? Really. But it's more complicated than you think. A strawberry is what botanists or plant scientists call a false fruit or pseudocarp. So strawberries are liars? No, strawberries aren't liars. It's just more complicated than most people think. A fruit is technically the mature, ripened ovary of a plant or the part of a plant that contains seeds. And so Basically, most things that have seeds on the inside, like a tomato, a peach, or a banana, would be considered a fruit. Right. A strawberry has seeds. Well, that's where it gets tricky. Strawberry seeds are more than just seeds. Strawberry seeds are actually all tiny fruits. What? Yes, the white or yellow specks on the outside of a strawberry are all called akines, and they are each tiny individual fruits. Which makes the strawberry itself just like a fruit holder? Exactly. It's sometimes called an accessory fruit for the akines, which is, even more confusingly, still a type of fruit. So it's a fruit that holds other fruits. That was very tricky, Molly. 
I told you, listeners, this ingredient was going to have lots of tricks and surprises. All right, Kyle, ready for your next one? Ready. Here it is. True or false, a strawberry is a berry. You have got to be kidding. I'm not. So, Kyle, is this true or false? Is a strawberry a berry? Okay, well, let's break this down. On one hand, I would think that a strawberry is, of course, a berry. It's right there in the name. On the other hand, it is a fruit. So maybe this is the question where you're trying to trick me? Wow, this is confusing, Molly. I wasn't lying. You weren't. Well, you said that a strawberry was a false fruit. So I think it might be a false berry, too? I am going to say false. A strawberry is not a berry. You are correct, Kyle. Nicely done. Woohoo! Also, I stand by the statement that strawberries are liars. Strawberries are just trying to be strawberries. We're the ones who keep calling them something they aren't. Berries have three parts, an outer wall, a fleshy middle, and a pulpy intersection with two or more seeds. Berries also come from a single flower. So technically, bananas, watermelons, and grapes are all berries. But strawberries are not, for multiple reasons, most of which we've already covered. But they don't contain seeds. They carry fruits, each of which contain their own seed. Molly, I'm not sure how much trickier this trivia can get. Let's find out. You have one question left, Kyle. All right. True or false? Strawberries are usually one of the first crops to be harvested each year. So, Kyle, is this true or false? Are strawberries some of the first crops to be harvested every year? Oh, I actually know this one. The answer is true, Molly. Nice job, Kyle. You're right. Strawberries are some of the first crops to be ready for harvest each year. There are, of course, a lot of things to consider here, such as where you are growing them. But generally, strawberries in the South can be harvested as early as April and May and up north in June, which in terms of fruits and vegetables is pretty early. False fruits and vegetables, you mean. You're right. Well, Kyle, that's it for Tricky Trivia today. Nice work this season. It's been so much fun learning all about these ingredients with you. Thanks, Molly. I've learned so much. I really appreciate it. Kyle! I just caught the tail end of that, but I can tell you really nailed it. As always. Thank you, Mitzi. Oh, hey, how did your research go? It was great. Want to hear some of what I learned? Please. Well, I started off with some food brands that our listeners can find in grocery stores around the country, if they live in the U.S. Many of these are international as well. And, grown-ups, I have to say here that none of this is sponsored content, just one mitz thoughts. So, the first company that came up in my research is Impossible Foods. Have you heard of them, Molly? I have. Impossible Foods creates plant-based meat alternatives. Things like plant-based burgers, sausages, and ground meat. That's right! And they aren't traditional veggie burgers. Very possible burgers really look and taste like beef. Plus, being plant-based means no cows are needed to make their products. And no cows means no farmland for cows. And no greenhouse gases from cow burps. In 2018, Impossible Burger sales saved about 81,000 tons of greenhouse gas emissions and 900 million gallons of water in just one year. Impossible. Sounds like it, but it's true. No, I believe you. 
I just meant because that's what the company's called. Impossible. Oh. Oh. I ruined your joke then. Sorry. Moving on. Some other companies in the grocery store I found doing great climate change fighting things were Organic Valley Dairy Products, Justin's Nut Butters, and 7th Generation Cleaning Products. Again, not sponsored, grown-ups. Just my thoughts. Love dairy, nut butter, and cleaning products. Separately, for separate things. Right. Not recommending we combine them all at once. So then I moved on to chain restaurants, which are big-name restaurants that are all over the U.S. I mostly looked at fast food, but I will say all fast food restaurants do have a negative impact on climate change. This is undeniably true and will continue to be. So the best, most effective thing to do is to not eat at fast food restaurants. But sometimes fast food is just unavoidable. One restaurant making some good-for-the-climate moves is Burger King. They've partnered with Impossible Foods and are selling Impossible Burgers across the U.S. They've even committed to having 50% of their menu have plant-based proteins in the U.K. by 2030. And they're doing it because so many people there want plant-based meats. Sometimes, spending your money in support of climate change works. Sounds amazing, Mitzi. Yes, I have so much more research here to share, but I guess the last thing I'll say is that, for me at least, doing this work was a lot of fun. I agree, Mitzi. There really are options for companies who are taking positive steps. And it's not a solution. It's just limiting the amount of harm being done. But it's something. And it's worth spending a little time on. That is all some really useful information, Mitzi. Thank you for sharing it with our listeners. Happy to, Molly. I am so excited to go spend some money in the name of climate change. Sort of. Hi, friends. Hi, Chad. Kyle, can I just take a minute to say thank you for being such an awesome intern this season? Ah, thanks, Chad. Everyone seems to be doing that today. It was a lot of fun. Everyone's thanking you because you're so important to all of us. I know you've taught me so much about the climate. One thing I learned from you is to start small and local and focus on your neighborhood and community. That's right. It can be really motivating and worthwhile to see the effect your work can have on the place you live and the people who share that space with you. Well, I think our guest and Ask a Grown-Up will definitely agree with that. Well, Chad, we're excited to hear all about that. But first, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. I want to tell you about our sponsors, the National Mango Board. Mangoes are one of the most flavorful and versatile fruits in the world. Not only are they a tangy and sweet snack, you can really have them whichever way you want. Make mango toast, mango guacamole, or fresh mango lassi popsicles just in time for summer. Did you know mangoes have over 20 vitamins and minerals and are rich in vitamin C, which helps build and maintain a strong immune system? So having a super fruit like a mango helps you be a super you. Grownups, discover more about mangoes at mango.org slash mystery recipe. Hey, grownups, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Green Pan. Their Valencia cookware collection is the winner of ATK's Best in Test for Ceramic Nonstick Skillets. 
Greenpan is constantly working to live up to their name. They use recycled aluminum, their factory runs on 30% solar energy, they recycle their wastewater and are focused on reduced carbon emissions. Greenpan has won dozens of awards for their dedication to the environment and is always working to make healthy products better for everyone. Grown-ups, to learn more about Greenpan, visit them at greenpan.us. Plus, get a special 30% off your purchase for our America's Test Kitchen audience with code ATK30. That's ATK30. And we're back, and it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. Who are you talking to today, Chad? Today, I'm talking to Nico Albert-Williams. My name is Nico Albert-Williams, and I'm a citizen of the Cherokee Nation of Oklahoma, and I live here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Nico is the founder of Burning Cedar Indigenous Foods, which is a catering and consulting company that focuses on Native American foods. Basically, anybody who wants to learn about Native American food, I like to teach. So I do different things like workshops or classes where I show people how to make food with traditional ingredients. And I talk about what those ingredients are and what they mean to our Native American people. So different tribes have different foods that they have connections to and they have different history with. And so I like to teach people about how they can bring more of that into their dinner tables and lunch boxes and all that stuff. Specifically, I asked Nico about the history of strawberries within Cherokee culture. Well, strawberries are really important to the Cherokee people. And we actually have a story about the very first strawberry, how strawberries came to be. And if you'd like, I can share that with you. Please. That would be fantastic. Okay. Well, back in the very beginning, there was the first man and the first woman. And they lived together and they lived out in the country the way that our ancestors did. They had a house in the woods and they would forage, which means they would look around to see what they could find to eat. And that's something that they did every day. So one day, the first man and the first woman go for a walk, and they get to a point where there's a fork in the road. And the man wants to go down the road where they always go. And the woman says, well, why don't we try this other direction? And the man says, no, I don't want to waste my time with that. I want to go down this path where I know what I'm going to find, and there's definitely going to be good things to eat. And so the woman gets mad and she says, well, you go and do whatever you want, but I'm going down the new path. And so she takes off walking. And the man takes off down his path. And he goes for a while, but before long, he realizes, you know, it's not very much fun to forage for things and to be out in in the wilderness by yourself. And he really is starting to miss the woman. And so he turns around, but he realizes she took off running so quickly that she's way, way ahead of him, and there's no way he's going to catch up. And so finally he says, well, I've got to do something to stop her, slow her down. And so he asks the creator for help. And he says, creator, I feel so bad, and I want to apologize, and I want to be back on this path with my woman. So can you help me do something to slow her down? And so the creator puts these berries in the path. And they're called strawberries. And the woman is walking and she's still stomping and she starts walking through the strawberries and can't help but stop and smell the smell of these fresh berries and see how bright red and juicy they look. And so finally she stops. She tries the strawberries for the first time and she's never had anything sweeter 
than that fresh summer strawberry. And the sweetness of that strawberry reminds her that she kind of misses that man after all. And that she's reminded of the love that she has for him. And so she decides that she's going to fill her basket with these strawberries and turn around and go find him on the path. And finally, she and the man meet in the path and she shares those strawberries with him. And he says, he's sorry. And she says that she's sorry. And they take those strawberries back home and the woman makes some jams and jellies and pies out of those strawberries. And she always has something made of strawberries in her home to remind her of the love that she has in her relationships. And that's what strawberries mean to the Cherokee people. When we eat strawberries, we're reminded of our love for each other. That's, that's what the bright red and the sweetness and the aroma, the really sweet smell of strawberries reminds us of. And so we try to always have strawberries around because we keep those reminders. That's one of my favorite stories. I can almost smell the strawberries just thinking about it. <laughs> Nico, thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I'm so happy to have been able to share the story of the first strawberries with you guys. And hopefully you can think about that every time you eat strawberries. You know, that's what the connection is that Native people have with foods and that we want to bring back for everyone is that when you have stories and you have this connection with your food, it makes the food that much more enjoyable because a strawberry is a little more than just a strawberry. A strawberry is a reminder of the love that we have for each other, you know? And when you think of strawberries in that way, they become even more important than just something that you, you know, a jelly that you put with your peanut butter sandwich. And there's lots and lots of lessons like that that you can learn. You know, you find all kinds of ways to be a good neighbor and a good friend just by looking at the way that animals talk to each other and the way that they, you know, interact with plants. And those are where we learn our best lessons is from nature. Grownups, if you want to learn more about Nico Albert-Williams and her company Burning Cedar Foods, check them out online at www.burningcedarfoods.org. Thanks, Chad. And thanks to Chef Nico from Burning Cedar Indigenous Foods for sharing that story with us. Makes me want some strawberries. Me too. Andrea! Hey, Andrea. Andrea is an associate editor here at America's Test Kitchen Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks in things like the Young Chef's Club boxes. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. We want you to practice your cooking techniques while you're our intern, so every week I'm going to teach you something new to up your arsenal of kitchen skills. Are you ready for our last lesson of the season? Golly. Our very last one? That's so sad. It is a little sad, Kyle, but I prefer to think of it in a different way. Think about everything you've learned while you were an intern. I'm happy I got to teach you so much. Aw, I guess that's true. I did learn a lot, and I'm excited to be able to use all of my new skills. I think I'm a better cook now than ever. See, that's great. So, are you ready for our lesson? Yeah, what are we learning today? For Strawberry Week, I thought it would be a good idea to teach you how to hull fresh strawberries. Hull? What does that mean? Hulling a strawberry basically means to get it ready to use in a recipe. The hull is the top part of the strawberry. The part with the green leaves? Yep, that's exactly right. 
There is also a core in the center. It's not hard like an apple core, and it is edible, but it's just a little bit tougher than the red part of the strawberry, so sometimes we want to remove that as well. Okay, how do we do it? There are two ways we recommend to hull strawberries. One is to use a paring knife, which is a small knife with a short blade, to cut off the top of the strawberry. This method works well for young chefs who are less comfortable using a knife. I have some strawberries and a paring knife here. Do you want to try it, Kyle? Let's do it! Okay, so this is pretty simple. First, place the strawberry on its side and hold it from its smaller, pointier end. Then use the paring knife to carefully cut off the top with the leafy green part. Got it! Let me try that on one of these. And done! That's super easy, but there's still some red strawberry part attached to these leaves. Is there any way we could use that or keep it? I love trying to avoid waste. It seems like this little bit of extra strawberry could really add up. That's really good thinking, Kyle. The second method we like in the test kitchen keeps more of the fruit together, but it's a little harder to do. We recommend this method for chefs who have more experience with knives and are more comfortable using them. Can you show me? Of course. So, for this method, I'm going to place the strawberry on its side and hold it from the bottom, just like before. But instead of using the paring knife to cut off the top, I'm instead going to use the tip to gently pierce the top of the strawberry near the base of the leafy green part at a 45-degree angle, pushing the knife about halfway into the strawberry. Next, I'm going to use a gentle sawing motion to cut a circle around the core. Finally, I'm going to use my fingers to pull the core away from the strawberry. See? Now we have a nice, big strawberry with no leafy greens or core, but we've saved more of the top. Oh, wow! That's great! After seeing you do it, though, I think I'm going to stick with cutting off the top. I like the safest way, but I'm going to keep practicing my knife skills so I can work up to the method that leads to less waste. That's a great goal, Kyle. Plus, in the meantime, you can nibble the little extra strawberry bit from the top. It's the chef's secret snack, and then it doesn't go to waste. That is genius. I do what I can. Well, that's it for today, friend, but I'll see you next week for the finale. Bye, Andrea. Thank you. Last regular episode. Ugh, I always get emotional, but I'm gonna miss you, Kyle. I'm not going anywhere yet, Mitzi. I'll be back next week for our grand finale cook along, which, can I tell you, listeners, is going to be so much fun. I am so excited, Kyle. Well, we are about out of time for today's episode. Listeners, we'll be back with another episode next time. We are going to get a bit mushy in our pressing questions segment, followed by something very fun in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together, which is happening next week. Can you guess what it is? You can go listen to our bonus mystery recipe reveal and shopping list episode to find out if you don't already know. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And feel free to leave us a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep keep on on cooking. cooking! Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Molly Birnbaum, and I am Roasted Salted Cashews. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a big barrel of cheese puffs. Andrea Vavjin is a white cheddar cheese it, and Katie O'Hara is a goldfish cracker, 
and they are both contributing writers on our show. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda in Apple and Matt Boynton, a salt and vinegar potato chip of ultraviolet audio. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music and his popcorn. Our director of post-production is Jen Margolis. She is a Twix. Our line producer is Diane Knox, who is also salsa. Fact-checking by Julia Arwin, a nacho cheese Dorito. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a spicy pickle. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a tortilla chip. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's a chocolate-covered pretzel. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hominoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavgen, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, Photo test cook Ashley Stoyanov and test cook Faye Yang. Special thanks to Chef Nico Albert Williams from Burning Cedar Indigenous Foods. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan and Brian Green. Thanks again to our sponsors, Driscoll's, the National Mango Board, and Green Pan. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So, Kyle? we go celebrate your final regular episode with Impossible Burgers. I wonder how many Impossible Burgers my paycheck will get me. Still not a sponsor, by the way. Mitzi, you can't spend your entire paycheck on burgers, even if they are delicious and great for the environment, and still not sponsors on the show. I can't or I shouldn't. You shouldn't. That's like way too many burgers. But now I am craving one. Should we go pick some up from Burger King? My treat! All right, let's go! Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts. And we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.